Welcome to Almost Live, a podcast from before podcasting existed, where real life is stranger than fiction. I'm your host, Aphrodite. Welcome to Almost Live, a podcast from before podcasting existed, where real life is stranger than fiction. I'm your host, Aphrodite. As always, this is recorded in the field, so environmental noise is a feature, not a bug. I try to do this all in one take, because in life that's sometimes all you get, and I leave any mistakes or flubs because life ain't perfect. Why should I pretend that this is? Welcome to Episode 4, Goodbye 1C75A. Welcome. Let me give you a little context first. I'm a hacker. I like making technology do cool things. I love playing around with it. I will have a future episode where I discuss in more detail what I mean by a hacker. But that's for the future. Right now, just know that I consider myself a hacker by avocation, if not by vocation. The code 1C75A I use as a handle, a username, an account name for a very long time, from 2014 until relatively recently. And I stopped using it. I now keep my social media and internet presences primarily under either the name Aphrodite or under the handle of graphical, spelled with a K after the C. If I can't get my name, because obviously it's one that a lot of people like using. So let's just go into some context here. In the computing world, 1C75A looks like a little bit of hexadecimal code. When I ask people what they think the meaning of that set of five characters is, I always get something like a magic number for a file type, a decryption key. Maybe it's an operation code you send to a CPU to make it do something. No one gets anywhere near how this number is important to me. The truth is, I got hacked. And that number symbolizes that. I'm going to tell you why I use it in the past and why I no longer do. So we'll set the stage in 2014. I help out in an event in New York. I've been doing it now for 22 years. Honestly, at this point, I'm shocked myself when I say those words. At one of these events, the one in 2014 specifically, we needed to acquire some extra equipment last minute. When we did so, we didn't have the time to arrange delivery, so I volunteered to drive a van out from Manhattan to Queens and pick it up. Once the event was over, I offered to return it. Keep things simple. It's a low-budget event, so if we can save a few bucks, it makes it cheaper for everyone. As I'm getting into the van to return this equipment, I get impacted. I go, apparently, according to the witnesses, I was flying for about two seconds. I couldn't tell you what was happening. I had completely lost consciousness, and I have zero memory of what happened there during those two seconds. Then I land. If you're a stunt person, or you know someone who does stunt falling, or any other kind of professional falling in theatrics, or carnival, or circus... They'll tell you that there are three ways you can land after a fall. The best way you can land is what is referred to as on a flat. If you think about your body, fall forwards, fall backwards. That entire surface area on the front or the back becomes the flat. The reason why this is ideal is because the moment of energy that's in you, once you make contact with whatever is stopping you, be it a wall, be it the ground, be it even another person potentially, 
that impact is over a very large surface area, which means that it's distributed quite well. The worst way you can land is on a point. That would be something like a joint, a wrist, a knee, an ankle, a hip, shoulder, elbow, and your head. The exact opposite happens. That moment is concentrated at the point of impact, which means you s you're almost certainly going to destroy a joint. And if it heals, it's never going to work the same way again because of how extensive the damage is. But like I said, there's three ways, not two, that one could land. And the third way is on the edge, by which if you, we stand up again, look at the line from your arm to your leg. Now, that is still a pretty large surface area, not as large as landing on the flat. But if you land on your edge, you similarly should suffer minimal to no damage. I landed on my edge after being hit by that taxi. And based on estimates of speed, that thing was going at about 40 miles an hour, 70 kilometers per hour. And that's a horrifying number to learn. If you ever look at road casualty statistics, car versus human incidents are usually pretty bad for the human for obvious reasons. But 30 miles an hour, 50 kilometers an hour is a break point in those statistics, which is why most municipalities have speed limits of 30 miles an hour or 50 kilometers an hour. It's a safety thing. At 30 slash 50 or less, if a human is hit by a car, they are statistically likely to survive. Once you break that barrier, the survival statistics crash and you are much more likely to perish in such an accident. So just the fact that I didn't die was miraculous enough. The fact that I landed near perfectly is even more incredible. And then there's the fact that my head never touched the road as the witnesses observed. My neck somehow locked into place and my head never touched the ground. I did suffer a TBI, a minor TBI, and I still have some symptoms of that to this day. I occasionally, rarely though, get vertigo, and I have migraines that I've had since I was nine. They got a lot worse from that point forward. But there would be few ways of landing from that that would have been better that I can imagine. I can't even simulate the math to make this work. Perhaps if somebody can, I'd love to talk to them to try and figure out how I managed to do the highly unlikely that day. But then it gets better. Because as soon as I land, my eyes pop open, I enter a cobra position, hands down on the ground, press myself up, look forward and yell out, 1C75A, stop that cab. For those who don't know a little bit of the joke about the intro, they still technically call them hackney drivers, or a hackney license for a taxi. So yeah, I got hacked by a hack. <laughs> this was on 7th Avenue between 33rd and 34th Streets of Manhattan, a very highly trafficked pedestrian corridor, and it used to be a much more heavily trafficked vehicular corridor until New York City started to do some traffic calming measures, though it still is pretty heavily used. I yelled that there were people that did stop the taxi. Now, why could I see that number from a half a mile away, or at least seemingly so, because some of the details of this are, I mean, I know the details, it's just hard to gauge distance right now, reflecting on this, because it was a highly energized moment in my life, as you might imagine. 
The main thing to keep in mind in New York with the yellow taxis specifically, you will see a code, usually one letter surrounded by one digit, two digits, or one digit, one letter, two digits, and maybe another letter. That should match the license plate of the vehicle. 1C75A is the license plate of the taxi that damn near killed me. So that's the first part that I mentioned there, the what that is. But it gets better, the story, because as soon as the taxi stops moving, I don't remember who stopped it, I am obviously enraged. I walk up to the taxi, I go to the passenger door, and I tell the passenger in as collected a voice as one can after being hit by a large bloody taxi. Congratulations, you've won a free ride to this exact point. And the reason I was able to say that with confidence is that six months prior, I actually was a passenger in a taxi accident. A person that didn't know how to handle a dolly on the back of their truck drove it underneath the taxi I was in. And the police officer told me that in this situation, the passenger pays nothing, but their ride obviously stops there. Then I go to the driver, and I am cognizant that this is a New York City taxi driver. There is nothing that I could possibly say in terms of profanities or expletives that would sink in. So I decided to say something entirely unexpected and true. I said to that person, in the calmest voice one can, again, with adrenaline pumping and just having survived death, you made my clothes dirty, which was true. At this event, I was wearing white. I wore white when I was going to return the vehicle because I didn't have too many other clothes, and I liked how I looked. But yeah, he got my clothes dirty. I was upset about that. More detail than that in the story... <laughs> is a little bit harder for me to handle because shortly after that point, I have to go to the hospital to get checked out because I am slightly scraped up and bloody. And a, the, what I realized was if I sat down, I would probably pass out just because of how intense that whole situation was and mainly because of the adrenaline pumping through me. So I actually forced myself to stand up after that while ambulance and police arrived. And the original name of this account was based on a taxi number as a reminder of that amazingly close call. The closest of close calls, if you will. It's one where I should have died, but I survived. And that stuck with me for a long time because I hope that no one ever has that kind of a close call, but of course people do. Sometimes that lingers the question of why did I survive? But more importantly, is what happens next. Because recently, I realized I was asking the wrong question. I was saying the wrong thing. The question of why I survived doesn't really matter. What's cool and astonishing is that I did. And that I can tell this story. And that I have the receipts for it. Besides the fact that I have the official police report available somewhere in my personal files, there's a guy that you could call. His name is Cheshire. 
Once I tell you his phone number, you will never forget it in your life. You may not answer the phone because a lot of people do dial his number because it's the easiest phone number to remember on the face of this earth. His phone number is 321-LIFTOFF. You can look this up online, and I'm proud to call him at least a very good acquaintance, if not, an, if not a full-throated friend. He's a cool dude. And he was one of the people that saw this. <laughs> but yeah, short version is that for a long time I lingered on that thought of wondering why I survived what I did. Then I changed a little perspective and I realized that I survived alone was pretty cool. And so I've decommissioned the use of that particular handle. It's kind of cool to think about. And since I like to ground myself after telling a story, I thought I'd tell you where I am right now. I decided to visit a religious facility for a faith that previously I disdained. Now, I want to be clear on something. I am not a religious person. I'm just curious about what people find in their religions, if they find what they're looking for when they worship or perform their deeds. And it's a calm place, a lot of trees, a good variety of the usual thing you'll find in BC, deciduous and evergreen. After all, we do live in the Pacific rainforest. And of course, in the distance, you can see the high rises in construction. So there we have the Pacific crane forest. But it's a nice calming place to reflect. And it's where I grabbed some lunch today. Some spicy Indian food. I'm not spice tolerant. I have been trying to force myself a little bit more to do that. So I just decided to ask for it, and it wasn't bad. There was paneer, there was curry, some well-made balsamic rice. I don't know why I can never get that stuff right. And it's calm here. It's a nice place to reflect on this stuff. So, as far as supporting the show, the coffee link is up code-fi.com slash almost live tips are appreciated we also are taking tarot story commissions if you'd like to support bad idea saturday or if you have a very good idea of your own for something i can do that costs me more than 50 dollars because hey i might be doing this podcast but i still got bills to pay gotta pay the rent feed the cat and I also have an annual holiday card. Usually it's comedic. Sometimes it's serious or reflective. If you'd like to get one or the other, there's a link there to request one. These are custom pieces that I have commissioned or I have made. One of them, the comedic one, is a commission that I made about six years ago. The one that I have made for this year is a personal creation. If you'd like one or both, the links are in the Ko-Fi. Also, link tree slash almost live for all my links across social media. Show notes for this will go under cohost.org slash graphical. Again, spelled with a K after the C, at least until I can get one specifically for the show. I look forward to dropping the next episode in a couple days, specifically about Bad Idea Saturday. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.